Hello, devoted Patreon geeks, and welcome to Geek Devotions, the show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know your love. This is Dallas, and this is a special early access episode of upcoming episode of ComTalk and the Gundam Watch. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Mechmas here in Geek Devotions. We're all along. We're taking a look at different mechs and different mech series. And you guys know me, one of my big loves is Mobile Suit Gundam. And um, so... You know, we launched the Gundam Watch, and we're talking about different stuff. And Celeste and I were talking about it, and recently we've been able to get obta- we've been able to obtain say words Dallas. <laughs> we've been recently been able to obtain a copy of Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, and so part of Mechmas is I'm going to be doing reviews on the entirety of the series as a whole, and I'm breaking it down into three chunks, into three acts, if you will, and these acts kind of fall along the same. Uh, structure as the compilation movies which is called Zeta Gundam a new translation and so I'm kind of bringing it down like that and so I thought it'd be interesting for putting it out there in a podcast form reading through the article and uh, there's gonna be a little bit of music here and there for some sort just to make things a little bit nicer (laughs) so that's what we're putting out for you guys today this will be hitting normal feeds uh, here in the next couple weeks and so if you are listening to this in our normal ComTalk feed or in the Gundam Watch feed and you're interested in supporting what we do here at Geek Devotions, which our whole mission is reaching out to, to geeks and letting them know that they're loved. And those who support us help us to get the materials we need to create content that speaks to different types of geeks. Over the years, we've done different things. We've done Star Trek. We've done, uh, well, we've done various forms of anime. We've done comic books and all kinds of stuff over the years. We did a whole series devoted to, to giant Japanese monsters. Why? Because these are different groupings of individuals who have love for this. And we want them all to know they're loved, they're cared for. There is a plan and a purpose for their lives. And we don't want them to give up. And so this foray here is our stepping into not just anime, but those who are fans of giant robots into Mobile Suit Gundam specifically. And so that's what we're doing. So if you'd like to help support what we're doing, visit our website, geekdevotions.com and check that out. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into this first review that we have for you today. In 1985, Yoshiyuki Tomino released Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, the direct sequel to the real robot anime genre pioneer Mobile Suit Gundam. Taking place seven years after the events of the One Year War, Tomino continues the story by focusing on a new young pilot in a brand new version of the Mobile Suit called Gundam. Over the years, Zeta has been called one of Tomino's greatest works and possibly one of the greatest Gundam series ever. But is it? Over the next month, we will examine Zeta and decide if this celebrated series is worth its hype. We will follow the example of the compilation series and break the series down into three cohesive chunks and then a final overview review. For this article... We will look at episodes 1 through 14. Now, please be aware that there will be spoilers. Still, if you'd like to follow along, at the writing of this article, Zeta Gundam can be watched for free via the official Gundam.info YouTube channel and via subscription to Funimation. New but similar. This series opens up, if you have the official version in the States with a beautiful orchestraic theme song called Zeta no Kodo. 
this song mixed with the visuals set the viewer up for what should be a proper space epic. It carries tones of adventure, mystery, and hope while presenting gorgeously animated visuals of the series to come. Now, this version is a drastic shift from the original theme song, Zeta Toki Wo Koiti, which is more of an 80s pop song. Now, due to copyright reasons, it has been replaced with this orchestral track, which I believe to be the correct choice. The epicness of the newer intro better reflects the series than the pop music. However, it's interesting to note that the pop song mirrors the original series better. The mirroring of this original series is a running theme throughout Zeta. The first few episodes feel like a type of copy and paste of tropes from the first series to this. Both have a talented young man who seems to have heightened abilities. These young men both live in colonies and have a parental unit directly involved with the creation of a Gundam. Both series have a white base that acts as a central hub for the protagonist to operate out of. Even certain situations and story beats appear to be replicated. There are several parallels between the two series that can be drawn. Some of this could be a sign of lazy writing, a very understandable argument. However, I believe that this is an attempt to point out how humanity does operate in a type of cycle if they refuse to learn from the past mistakes and their victories. While there are many mirrored moments and story beats, there also appears to be a type of growth. If you were to go directly from first Gundam to this series, you'd see that things have taken a natural form of evolution considering the world that they've built. Since the end of the one-year war of first Gundam, a new military faction has arisen named Titan. This faction is power-hungry and ruthless. They appear to be less like the Federation that they claim to be part of and more like the Xeon of old, whom they were created to destroy. So with this tweak in the post-war rebuilding stage, it makes sense for a faction of colonists. The anti-Earth United Government, also known as AUG, would rise to fight. Likewise, it makes sense that this world that was new to the idea of new types would be far more fascinated with the idea and even seek to create new types artificially. It doesn't take much effort to think through the scenarios and see that things really do make sense. A returning cast. While the story itself centers around a young man named Camille Badon, the show has many returning characters. Seeing the return of so many characters is exciting for the original series fans because it almost gives you a sense of growing up with them. Hayato now leads an anti-Titan group called Karaba. Kai appears to have taken more of an espionage role among the anti-Titan factions. Frau and Hayato have adopted Let's, Cats, and Kika. Finally, Amro seems to be living in a type of luxury house arrest while simultaneously having the freedom to go where he wants. However, the government is scared of him and his new type abilities. This fear has led them to keep him under close watch. But what's curious to me is the return of Shar Aznabolt. In this series, he has taken up the name of Lieutenant Quattro Bajina. 
Now, it's not that he's taken up a new name that surprises me. After all, Shar is a false name in of itself, hiding his identity as Cassival Rim Daiku, the son of the original leader of Zeon. On top of that, it's not surprising to see a known war criminal take a false identity to hide from other people. What's strange is his stubbornness to hold on to the identity, even when it's evident that everyone in the room knows who he is. What's even stranger is how so many people know who he is, yet seem okay with the fact that he's fighting alongside them. By the end of the first act, very crucial people know who he is, and I'm genuinely curious about what will happen moving forward. Storytelling at the beginning of the series, Tomino really works to build a new world for the viewer. Seven years have passed since the previous series, and Tomino has a lot of gaps to fill. Many characters must be introduced while catching viewers up with returning ones. Unfortunately, the process can sometimes drag the series as it fills in gaps between the newer story beats. Even with this juggling of responsibilities, the storytelling is good enough that people new to the franchise can catch up pretty quickly. Longtime anime fans will be familiar with the three episode rule. This rule states that you should at least give in any anime three episodes to hook you. This series delivers on that rule. By the end of the third episode, drama and trauma have been laid out to pull you in. The pacing picks up considerably within the story from this point forward. There are moments when you must intentionally pay attention to what characters are both saying and what is going on. There seems to be more despair in this series. Whereas First Gundam always has this underbeat of levity, this series seems to take itself more seriously. There seems to be fewer moments of the characters catching a breath and recouping. There's always a next battle, a next existential crisis. This constant motion pulls you into the next episode after the next episode. The Mechs Let's look at some of the mechs found in the first 14 episodes. In these first 14 episodes, I've seen as many types of mobile suits as I saw in the entirety of First Gundam. I'm not going to bore you by going into detail about all of them. I do invite you, however, to check out the Gundam Fandom wiki page that goes into incredible detail about these machines. I genuinely love the fact that many of the suits seen are simply upgraded versions of suits seen in the first Gundam. For example, the Hyzak is a natural evolution of designers taking the reliable Zaku 2 build and upgrading it using Federation technology. The Rec DS is heavily Xeon inspired machine, but with other Federation advancements. Then of course you have the Gundam Mark II. Again, this is a vastly upgraded version of the first Gundam. I'm curious how Camille intends to upgrade it to the series titled Zeta Gundam, but even without these upgrades up to episode 14, I've enjoyed seeing this particular suit in action. However, the runaway star is the Haiku Shiki. Quattro Bajina pilots this golden mech, and it's a sight to be seen when it battles. In the final minutes of episode 14, you see it and the Gundam Mark II battling an enemy mobile armor. 
The way they animated the fight is impressive enough, but seeing the machine zip around was absolutely fantastic to watch. The only downside I have to some of the mechs I've seen in this first act is the appearance of two different mobile armors. To date, they've not really been impressive to me. While they are faster and seem to be more agile than the suits, their designs are simply unimpressive and bland. Final Thoughts Despite its slow beginning, I found myself invested in the series. While I'm at the disadvantage of knowing who lives and dies, I'm extremely curious to see how the series causes certain characters to grow and change and become who they are later on in the franchise. For this first 14 episodes, I'm giving Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam a solid 8 out of 10. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this review that we put out on Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. Hope uh, that maybe it's, it's intrigued you. Maybe it's drawn you in. Maybe you're interested in checking it out. Again, it is free on Gundam.info's uh, YouTube channel as of right now. And as long as Funimation is still a thing, you can get a subscription to them and you can watch it on their uh, website also. But um, yeah, for this first 14 episodes, guys, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to reviewing the next section of these episodes. And also, don't forget that at the end of the month, we will have a full summation of the entirety of the series coming out for you guys on our website, geekdevotions.com. Again, if you want to be involved with what we do here, check out our website. Be part of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions. Uh, before I sign off, I want to say one last time, thank you so very much to all of our devoted Patreon geeks who help support what we do here. Thanks to you guys, we're able to, to create content, we're able to, to do things, do events, that let people know love, let people know they're cared for. Thanks to you guys, we're able to do our, our Monday night play and praise where we play video games and we talk to people and we do life with people. In, on Twitch and, and, and really just have real-time interaction with people. Thanks to you guys, we're able to connect with other people and make a difference. So thank you. Thank you, devoted Patreon geeks. Thank you to those who, maybe you're not a devoted Patreon geek, you're listening to this on the normal feeds. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for sharing these podcasts and our devotions that are on YouTube with people. Because that, that's a big part. Yes, it helps us to grow, helps to get out. But it's more importantly, you sharing it is an act of letting people know they're loved. You're sharing our content as an act of encouraging somebody going, hey, I want something that's going to speak life to you, that's going to encourage you and show you hope. So thank you. Thank you for partnering with Geek Devotions in that manner. So, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love. <laughs>